Welcome to the Chris Wolf Podcast on iCode Media. Have you ever wondered about how new companies, specifically in the eye care space, come in and develop new products? Where uh, specifically optometry can come in and develop a product that can care for patients in their practice and then practices beyond. So today I talked to Dr. Travis Ziegler, who is the CEO and founder, one of the founders with his with his uh, optometrist wife of I Love, which um, is a creator, manufacturer, and distributor of of tea tree oil and hypochlorous acid, uh, among other eyelid and skin products. And so it was really interesting to have a conversation with him about his process, how they got into it, how they sold their practices, what they did to understand when those times are right, and really uh, talk to him about his deeper level, more holistic approach to dry eye management. So that was a lot of fun. Um, please enjoy the podcast. As always, give us a five-star review. Make sure you also write comments about why you like the podcast. That's a, a huge help. And please support those who support us. Enjoy. We've been providing myopia control treatments in our practice for years. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, CooperVision has received FDA approval of its innovative MySight one-day contact lens. This will be the cornerstone of a comprehensive myopia management approach to be offered by CooperVision. This daily wear, single-use contact lens is the first and only FDA-approved product clinically proven to slow the progression of myopia when initially prescribed for children 8 to 12 years old and when compared to children in the control group wearing a single-vision one-day contact lens. Check out the show notes for all the specific prescribing details and to get more information about this lens and how you can begin to offer it in your practice. Austin, Texas in two days. Oh, nice. From yeah. Columbus, Ohio right now. What's the, what's prompting the move? Uh, we work from home. So we, we stopped practicing about a year ago, year and a half ago, actually, and to focus on our online business. And we work from home and we moved back up here to Columbus and it's cold. <laughs> so we're like, we should go somewhere else. <laughs> Why'd you pick Dallas? Or excuse uh, me, Austin. Austin, we have a lot of friends down there and our mastermind is down there. So we were going to have to travel there pretty much every month to be a part of our mastermind because we meet monthly. Mm -hmm. And so we're just like, let's just move there permanently. And what do you mean your mastermind? So like a group of us that get together and talk challenges in our business and try to get together. Um, they haven't been optometry. They haven't been in pretty much any space. Ours is more of like an e-commerce slash building a bigger business type space. How did you find uh, that one? Through a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I listened to his podcast for probably a year, um, joined, he has a smaller mastermind, and then once you hit a certain point in revenue, you can then apply for his bigger mastermind, and that's the one we're in right now. Do you, um, when you, uh, so it's not like uh, EO, is it? Very similar. Okay. It's, not, it's not EO, but it's it's similar but different structure. Okay. EO then, would be the probably the most equivalent to that. So you would go through like problems where you mastermind session them, like people yep. have to give you feedback and mm -hmm. then, uh, so when did you start doing that for your business? Oh, 2016 and we're, I love and we're hydrate. Oh, okay. So I don't know if you've heard of hydrate lid and lash cleanser. Yep. 
that's our our product. It's the third best selling hypochlorous acid on the market right now. Okay. But there's no infringement on, I mean, how does that work? Has that been an issue? So the only infringement we had on our trademark was um, Shire came out with their My I Love campaign. Oh, yeah. And, and that was we, an infringement on you? Yes, but they tried to give us a cease and desist. And so then we <laughs> battled them for about a year in, in, as, in a lawsuit. Um, and then they were going to sell to Takata. Novartis. Who they sell Takata, to? Takata, then I think Novartis bought them. Bought so Takata. during that sale, they needed to wrap up all lawsuits. So they just threw us an offer. And we accepted it and it was like, a, we'll just go back to normal and we'll pay all your attorney fees and we'll give you a little extra. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, that's yeah. fine with us. Yeah. Well then when you, uh, so, so first of all, when you practiced, um, I, I guess kind of take us, take me back to when you decided that you would get into the game of hypochlorous acid and, and what prompted you to start and where you thought you'd be different in the space. Was it Avanova that prompted it? What yeah. were you seeing that? that you thought was important? Yeah, so we were selling Avanova in our practice and we were selling quite a bit of it. Like we, we were a small practice, we were just a startup and we were selling close to almost 10 Avanovas a day. And just because we really believed in the product and mm -hmm. we saw the results of it and we're just like, wow, this is an incredible product. And then the rep came in one day and was just like, oh, by the way, um, we're increasing your price by almost triple and you're gonna have to sell it for $300 a month now. And we actually have a group on Facebook called the Dry Eye Syndrome Support Community. And we started that three years ago. And our hypochlorous acid has only been out for two years. Mm -hmm. So somebody in the group was just like, how can Avanova get away with this? They just increased their price. And then they said, Dr. Ziegler, could you make something more affordable? And so that was when our hunt began. And we found, uh, we found everything we needed to make it. And we started manufacturing it. And then... As they say, the rest is history. So we wanted to come out with a hypochlorous acid without the bleach byproduct because that's a big component that a lot of people are afraid of. Um, and then, so we have that pure hypochlorous acid that Avanova claims that they're the only ones and there's like 10 of them now. So mm -hmm. they still claim it, but it is what it is. And um, we wanted to make it affordable. And so that's why our starting price is $17.97 for a month's supply. Um, and to give you an example, Avanova sells half that amount for double the price on Amazon. Yep. And, and so the, the thing that always bothered me about Avanova was, on the one hand, um, I never like, it's probably the biggest thing is that when a company comes out and they use uh, doctors in their practices to sort of generate their groundswell, and then they come out and they try to pull it away. And they mm -hmm. do that by saying, well, it's more efficient if we sell it through our vendors, blah, 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 blah. And I think that was a big mistake that Avanova made was that they, they got enough groundswell with their product and then they pulled it away. Had they not done that and they had they kept it pretty cost effective, I think like you're saying, the number of competitors they would have had would be limited because they already had a good uh, cost effective product. Yeah. But when they all of a sudden um, came to the market showed the need for the market and then pulled it away. I, I mean, I would be surprised if they're around in 10 years, five years. Uh, they, they've had their, the, them going onto Amazon in June of last year has been their saving grace because they were struggling. They, they were projected, I think, to do 18 million last year and they only hit 12 hmm. and they're public. So yeah. they have to answer to people buying their stock and everybody. And so um, that's another reason why we wanted to create, you know, a, a hypochlorous acid with meaning behind it because mm -hmm. we donate profits to 
our charity, which then our charity we use to do clinics around the world. We do about three clinics a year. Um, and we're trying to create a more sustainable clinic in the Caribbean. Um, and that's very hard because everywhere we've been looking, you have to balance the need for it plus the optometrist or optician that's there or ophthalmologist that's there because you don't want to put somebody out of business. That's like the worst thing you can do. And so it's been a, it's been a tough road to even think of sustainability down there, but we just do mash clinics right now, which I'm sure you, have you ever done one? Uh, like a Vosh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Yep. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. And so, you know, we do three of those a year, no, nothing sustainable yet, but it still helps out quite a bit. Yeah. Then, um, so you said there's like 10, 10 different entities in the market. I guess the, um, what, what would you say defines your hypochlorous acid over, over the others that you're seeing? And then you talked about being number three in line. What, um, you know, what are your goals? What are your, you know, obviously everybody wants to be number one, but you know, how do you continue to move forward in a business like this? So we differentiate our products overall completely because of our ability to educate the customer. So we go after the consumer first and we do it with education and service. And so our whole goal as a company is to serve you as a patient that needs more education on dry eye, on eye disease, and then our product can help you out in that regard. So we're service oriented first in business, in charity, in everything we do. And then every product we've come out with is a result of a customer asking us for something better or something more affordable or something in this field. So our whole line of hydrate products was born as a result of customers asking us for X, Y, Z. And it started with the hypochlorous acid and we already believed in the product. And now we have a face wash, a tea tree face wash. We have an eye cream and face moisturizer that has tea tree in it. Um, so we base a lot around tea tree. We have a tea tree oil bar soap. Um, and then we have an omega-3 ocular health formula, which is ARIDS 2-based lutein. So we serve first, and then we have products to, to help out with the different areas of eye disease and dry eye and everything. Mm -hmm. Then when you, um, so when you kind of originally started in this space, did you, I mean, how did you, how did you go in line of finding out like, okay, this is how we do it. I mean, one of the things that I learned from some of my old partners that was probably the best thing I ever learned was that if somebody has done something, then, or if you have an idea, somebody's probably done it. And so you can kind of figure out that realm. I'm not asking you to give up, you know, trade secrets, but the reality is, is that, you know, did you have a biochemist on your team? Did you have pharmacologists that you were able to reach out to? What sort of things did you do to put your team together? Yeah. So the, it all goes back and I agree with your, your philosophy there. Um, I, I have a mentor that tells me my, the R and D department stands for rip, rip off and duplicate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's what everything is. Yeah. And, um, you know, we learned, we, we started two practices back in 2015 in South Carolina. So we practiced in Columbus for five mm -hmm. years, went to South Carolina cause we wanted to do our own thing, bought two practices. We call them a negative start because, um, a cold start would have been more friendly but mm. this, we, we took it over from a, a doctor that was unfortunately an alcoholic mm. and his practice was going downhill. He went from like 300,000 to 150 to 60,000. And that's when we year? came in and bought it. That was over the course of three years. But no, but that's what he was generating a year? 60,000 at two locations. Oh my goodness. 
and so it, it was a steep decline and you know negative rep in the community and so we saw an opportunity there to build something up from scratch but as you know it, if you've ever started a cold start it's very very slow and so something came across my email inbox on how to sell on amazon and we actually just learned really well how to serve people online and sell products on Amazon. And we were actually a sunglass company for our first two years. That's mm. hence the name I love the sun.com. Right, right. And it was a complete sunglass company. We had our vision was to create like a sunscreen line and then like a chapstick line for sun and just go after the sun market. Mm -hmm. And then um, we started the dry eye syndrome support community and that's when it all came back to hydrate. But we actually just learned how to sell on Amazon really well. And we have people that work for us, of course. We have a team of about seven right now. Um, but most of the manufacturing is, is it, it's contracted out. And so mm -hmm. um, we still oversee a lot of it. And we look for third-party testing and you know GMP facilities. And we do all that. But most of the, the products are formulated by us. And then they make them. And then we kind of approve them. How do you know what's going to be effective? What kind of research goes into saying, if we're going to put this element in the product, we know it's going to be safe. Do you have to worry about um, issues as uh, an aesthetic device versus like a medical device? Or what, what sort of boundaries do you have to worry about in terms of your claims and in terms of how you know what's going to be basically safe to use? And then what sort of testing do you go through yeah. in the short term to know whether or not that's going to be effective and useful? Yeah, that's a great question. And so all of our products are considered cosmetic. And so that, that we don't have to get the FDA approval for dry eye or FDA approval for blepharitis because that can take millions of dollars to oh, do. Yeah. And Avanova is essentially the only company that's really done that really well. Um, even like companies like OcuSoft really haven't, they haven't got that FDA approval. They just have great products around the need for all of that. Um, so all of our products are cosmetic. And what we tend to do is just focus on finding great products and then adding our little spin onto it. And so to give you an example of our soap, we actually found a mom and pop shop. It was a, a daughter and a mom. And originally they were making it in their kitchen and we bought it one day at the farmer's market, took it home. And like my eczema was like gone and my dandruff was gone. And I was like, what is this? This is a miracle soap. And so the next week at the farmer's market, we went back up to them. And we said, we'd love to help you sell more of this because this is an amazing product. And now they don't go to farmer's markets anymore. They don't do it out of their kitchen anymore. They now have a manufacturing plant. And so like we started with them very small, just like when we were small and then we've grown with them and they've grown as a result. So we just look for really great products and how to make them better. So right now in our R&D department, again, rip off and duplicate, right? Sure. We, um, we're looking into eyelid wipes. And so eyelid wipes, everybody makes them mm -hmm. and they're all pretty much the same. And so we're, we've been formulating over and over again how we can make it better. So we're trying to make it more sustainable. So a biodegradable pad versus you know one that doesn't biodegrade. And then we're trying to make it with organic ingredients and without all the surfactants and soaps that are in them. Um, it's proven more challenging than I thought it would be. Hmm. And we even tried to make a hypochlorous acid one. And that's almost impossible. You actually Is it because have to, of the stability of the hypochlorous acid? You got it. Yep. And so when it touches that cotton pad, it um, destabilizes right away. And so not right away, but it takes like five days. Yeah. And so we actually developed a pad, but it was cost prohibitive. It was going to cost millions of dollars just to do our first run. 
and we'd have to sell like 300 a day just to make it mm. worthwhile. Um, but the pad was actually separated from the hypochlorous acid and you'd pull a tab and it would mix. Yep. And so yeah. it, it wasn't very eco-friendly and that's kind of why we didn't like it either. But um, so that's what we do is right now we're trying to do an eyelid wipe that's organic as possible, eco-friendly, and even taking it out of the individual wipes and packing it more like a baby wipe container is yeah. something we're looking into. We'll still have the individual wipes, but if you're buying a 90 pack, it's going to be in like a baby wipe container. So that's something that we're going to do in the future. Um, and again, we just look for great products that our, our customers use and we just ask our customers over and over again, what are you using? How can we make it better? And then you read those negative reviews online, like on Amazon, Amazon's a great place. If you find a product that people like and buy, you read the negative reviews and then you can just take that product, see what the negative reviews say and then just make it a little better. Do you, uh, so in your, in your model of starting with Amazon, um, when, cause I've never sold anything on Amazon, but when you sell something on Amazon, is that person your customer? Do you have their identification? You don't. Nope. So then how do you parlay that into your own domain? Right. Cause, cause the ideal would be that people aren't going to Amazon. They're coming to your website and it's almost a subscription link to, you know, being able to have that information. Have you been able to do that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a great question. So um, we actually have a really unique strategy in this. And anybody that asks me how to sell on Amazon, I always recommend doing this strategy because you, you build up an audience at the same time as you're serving the customer at a higher level. And then you're making more sales on Amazon as a result. And so what we do is we blog. And so we do a lot of blogs. We do a lot of interviews like this on our mm -hmm. own channel, The Dry Eye Show. Yep. Um, I listened dry, to it. Yeah. Cool. So the dry show on YouTube episode. Did you? Cool. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. But so we, we, my wife would usually write those and then I'll prep the video and we'll go live. We like to do live video just cause it's more real. Yeah. And then Google eventually does their algorithm and we show up for those people come to our website, read over the lip or blepharitis or dry eye. And if we mention products in the article at all, if they click on those products, it actually takes them over to Amazon to buy. Hmm. And so Amazon loves that external traffic and that boosts you up in the rankings more. Yeah. But on top of that, we have them on our website. So we tried to get them to give us their email address by giving them a free book. So we wrote a book hmm. called Rethinking Dry Eye Treatment and we sell it on Amazon. We sell it on Audible, um, but we give it away for free as a PDF on our website. And so for we email there. address. You got it. Yep. Yep. When, um, so let me ask you then about rethinking dry eye treatment. Tell me, mm -hmm. tell me why, like what is the underlying mechanism in, in your research of the evidence and your belief, you know, clinically uh, that makes this different or, you know, kind of where, where is your springboard? Uh, yeah, so that rethinking dry eye treatment was actually written from a need of our own. Mm -hmm. And so we, we're diagnosed, we moved to South Carolina and we were, we were going to try to start having kids right away. And we noticed after six months, just nothing was happening. So we're like, okay, what's going on here? Let's look into it. So we went to the West, like Western medicine docs, MDs for three years. And we tried everything from metformin to Clomid all the way up to IVF. IVF is where we stopped. And then we were told that it, we had a 20% chance of getting pregnant if we did IVF. Hmm. And so it was like, do you want to spend $25,000 to try IVF or 18,000 or whatever it is where you live to, to have a 20% chance of getting pregnant? And something was telling me just not to do it. 
And so the day of the IVF appointment, we canceled it and we started exploring other options. And so we kind of switched our search to Eastern medicine. And we did some research on diet. We're, we're already healthy. So we run half marathons, marathons. We were pretty vegetarian. We eat meat maybe once a month, even now. I'm mm-hmm. more vegan now, but I eat meat like once a month. And so I'm not like a strict vegan that's going to like, you know, shove it down your throat or anything. Right. But I do it for health. And what we did. Do you have any problems? Sorry. Do you have any problems ahead. with certain nutrients? Are you, are you deficient in anything as a vegan? No, I get my blood work like, done every six months and everything's And your fine. B12's all good and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so I take right, a good sorry. multivitamin too. No, no, no worries. Yeah. So as we were shifting this and, and changing our diet around, we did a couple simple things by adding healthier fats. So avocados, um, olive oil, and coconut oil were the three main ones, all organic. And we started buying strictly organic, no traditionally raised, nothing like that. Um, and then my wife started getting acupuncture and then we started doing some herbals and we got pregnant in three months. Mm -hmm. So three years of struggles, healthy individuals with Western medicine, pumping ourselves full of medications and chemicals. And we go natural in Eastern medicine. It takes us three months to get pregnant. We have a two-year-old now. Yeah. So it's awesome. It's awesome. We essentially took everything we learned from that, put it into a book and now we market it to dry eye. And so we put, we have a dry eye bootcamp challenge that we put, it's an eight week boot camp, we call it, where it gives you one challenge every week to do, like eat a green smoothie every day for breakfast, mm-hmm. drink more water, simple stuff, but not easy. Yeah. But if you do it, we've had about 200 people go through it with us. And every single person, we give them, we give them the, um, oculars, the ocular surface disease index survey before mm-hmm. and after. And the improvement that it was showing was better than like Rosasis or Zydra. And people were telling us, you know, like I've had arthritis for 25 years and it's gone. I've had dry skin all over my face for 10 years and it's gone. And so we just kind of took that belief of like your whole body is responsible for your eyes and vice versa. Like you, you are one being. And so if your eyes are dry, that's probably, unless there's some external thing that happened, if your eyes are dry, what if we thought of it as a symptom of an overall inflammatory disease state. And that's the rethinking dry eye part or three thinking dry eye treatment part. And so we tackle the inflammation on a systemic level, lower it, and then your eyes will hopefully improve. Again, it doesn't work for everybody, but 95% of people, it works really well for if they stick to it. I think, um, so I love, I love that. I mean, you know, in my sense, um, as a clinician, I, um, I feel like we've, we really delve in deep into dry eye in terms of being able to treat and manage and the underlying pathophysiology and distinguish I mean, you can use dues too to distinguish what those pathophysiologies are and what's the most likely uh, treatment that's going to be the most beneficial for that patient. And the reality is, I think that um, dues too, and I've said this on a number of times in my podcast, I think dues too does a very good job of stratifying all the different causes, but most patients most doctors, I think, get lost in the, the complexity of dues too. And 100%. most patients, I think 80 to 90% of all dry eye patients um, can be managed with a very simplified protocol. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea of even going one step further and taking it into this realm of, you know, my ocular surface inflammation is just a symptom of a larger problem. The question I would have for, you know, 
as a clinician in my practice is I know, unfortunately, that most of my patients, if I have to have this conversation with them for 45 minutes about their diet and exercise, et cetera, et cetera, it's not going to happen. I mean, yep. so how do you bridge the gap between, and maybe there isn't a bridge, but bridging the gap between being able to advocate for a really healthy lifestyle that somebody's going to take seriously, because it's not everybody um, that are going to want to do those things. And maybe that's, uh, how, do, how do I do that clinically? Uh, you know, it's funny because I just interviewed um, Dr. Perriman on our dry eye show. And do you know Dr. Laura Perriman out in Seattle? Mm-hmm. I don't so know her, but I've seen, I've, I've seen her, read her. Yeah. Yeah. So she's a big IPL and very uh, a natural, like she still uses medications, but you know, she, she was just talking, we were just talking about this two days ago, how I have six minutes with a patient and yep. I want to go over 45 minutes worth of material with them. How do I do that? And that's actually one of the reasons that we stopped practicing a year and a half ago is because what I was doing in the chair was not aligning with my values and how mm. I want to educate people more. Mm. And I've got, you know, two people getting worked up while I'm trying to educate you, but now I've only got five minutes left and somebody's knocking on the door telling me I need to hurry up. And it just didn't align with what I was trying to do. Um, and, you know, it, it's very hard and becoming a cash only practice is obviously the most ideal way to do that yep. because then you can charge whatever your worth or whatever your value is for that time. But again, very hard to do, very unrealistic. And so what I recommend doing, this is what we did in my practice when we were still practicing, is we created a a simple email sequence. Um, And we created, it was like an eight-part email sequence that had the book, essentially. It was before the book was written, but it taught them about you know, green smoothies. It taught them about hydration and the importance of it. Taught taught them about food and how powerful it is. And when I'm in the chair, I give them a brief rundown. And so I, in like 45 seconds or less, I tell them, I'm going to sign you up for our email list. It's going to send you one email per week. I want you to just take an hour every week to, to watch that video or read that blog post and then take action on that email. And so that can be simply, you know, and then you just discuss on those emails and they'll usually say, yes, I think 99% of people said yes. And I just explained to them that I don't have the time to go over everything I want to go over with you today, but we're going to take this as a whole body approach and we're going to reduce your inflammation, which will then help your eyes dramatically. And I always focus the beginning of that sequence on the heavy stuff. That's really going to make a difference. So like our first week in the dry boot camp is green smoothies because all breakfast, almost all breakfast foods are inflammatory. And so cereal, breads, you know, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, even absolutely. eggs, eggs for a lot of people, uh, eggs are a four plus sensitivity for me. So they cause mm-hmm. a lot of, sen- or a lot of inflammation in my body. And so if we can replace that with a green smoothie, it leads to healthier choices throughout the rest of the day. And therefore, um, I always start out with that pretty heavy. And then you can go to the hydration next because 80% of people are dehydrated. And then you go from there. So I, I focus heavily on green smoothies and replacing things instead of taking away things. And we don't get to taking away things until like week five. But if I were a, a clinician, clinician, I'd create a simple email sequence. Very easy to do. It sounds intimidating, but a lot of people I know use um, Solution Reach, and I know you yep. can do it through there. Um, we did it through Mailchimp. Yep. And this was five. This was in 2015, so five years ago. So you so, basically use MailChimp to, as soon as you subscribe somebody, they would have a, a the first initial email and then they have the automation thereafter yep, for everything. You got it. 
Yep. And so it would just be a drip sequence every week. They'd get a new email and you set it up once or have a, a team member set it up. And then you manually put their email in or have the team member, like when you're at checkout, make sure you put their email address into the, the dry eye series okay, or so your the base, macular degen series. So your base of, uh, this is interesting. And I, I think it's very valuable for the people that will be listening. So your base of whatever it is, like let's say it's, it's ocular service disease you have a patient coming for their primary care uh, visit, for example, they have some symptoms or signs of, of, of ocular surface disease, then you would, you would say as your base, this is what's going on. This is where we're going to start. Uh, what, is there anything that you're doing at that time, like externally, any, any compresses, any, um, any lid scrubs, any of that kind of stuff that you're doing at the front end, or you're saying, do this for eight weeks, I'm going to see you back in two months then we start. Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, and on top of the green smoothies and hydration, eyelid hygiene. I don't think we stress eyelid hygiene mm. enough. And I totally this, agree with you. This is coming from an eyelid hygiene no, company. No, 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 no. No, but, I totally agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so we always emphasize a great eyelid hygiene routine. And so our eyelid hygiene routine is, you know, wash, remove your eye makeup with a natural eye makeup remover. Again, we make one and it has tea tree oil in it, very minimal amount, but enough to, to make a difference. And we've never done studies on if it does kill Demodex or not, but we just put a little bit in there. Um, but it's an oil-based makeup remover made with organic oils. So it's only got four oils in it. And we remove makeup first. We wash our face with like a tea tree soap or a tea tree face wash. Um, and then after you pat dry, you then use hypochlorous acid cleanser. And so you spray that on the eyelids, leave it on, or you can spray it on a cotton round and wipe it in. Either way, whatever works best for you and then using a natural eye cream that has fewer ingredients. Now, the warm compress is the controversial one there. So if you're seeing rosacea signs and symptoms, then I don't recommend warm compresses because rosacea flares up with heat. And so you'll actually hear your patients with the rosacea complain that warm compresses make their eyes worse. And so if you hear that in your chair, then you need to start looking at rosacea as well. And again, inflammation. Yep. And so this whole protocol works. Um, but yeah, eyelid hygiene is so important. Um, as far as eye drops, I, I would put them on an eye drop if I'm seeing a lot of corneal staining. And so if it looks severe enough, and I'd probably even go to a steroid at that point, but um, preservative-free eye drops. So we recommend Oasis. We sell it on our shop. Um, we have no affiliation with Oasis other than that we sell their drop on our shop. Mm -hmm. um, but we like their drop. We like their business model. We've met with their CEO and their their executive team. And we've always been fans of theirs. They're just a great company. They yeah. have good values that align with ours. So we like their drop one of the best, but there's other good ones out there. Retain MGD, refresh mega three, all of those. Yeah. Yeah. So then, and then you follow them. So you, you do you let them go for a full two months on this, um, on this regimen, uh, on your ebook, you know, feed sort of process. And then, and then you follow them up. What do you, what's your next follow-up in terms of your you know, obviously you don't practice anymore, but what would that mm -hmm. be? No, no, I, I, it's, it wouldn't change if I practice now or when I did, you know, two years ago. Um, I actually see them back sooner. Yeah. And so I do two to three weeks because especially if they're on a steroid, you're going to check the pressure, but two to three weeks because I want to make sure they're doing it. Yeah. And it's mostly just a hand-holding um, consultation. So you get them in your chair. How have the last two weeks gone? Oh, doc, I just haven't had time to eat breakfast. Right. You know, you just kind of, you kind of call them out on them not taking the action that they need to take. And 
then I just let them know that. So, so listen, I'm here to give you information. You're paying me to give you this information and I cannot heal your dry eye unless you help yourself first. Hmm. And so that's how you need to replace your breakfast with the green smoothie. And you need to start drinking more water. I cannot do that for you. I can give you all the drops in the world. I can give you all the medications in the world. But if we don't get to the underlying cause of the dry eye, which is inflammation, this is never going to help out. And so I, that two to three week appointment is mostly just a whole hand holding, just to follow up more of an accountability session. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I, and, um, and I would agree as well. I mean, not going so long always is beneficial. So let's say the patient comes back in two to three weeks, what, and they're not doing those things. And they say, is there a time where you say, okay, well, we can revert to, you know, cause in their mind, if they're thinking, I just want, just be, a, just be the doctor that I expect you to be right. Like just be the, what I mean by that is that like just write a prescription. Pushing. Yeah, yep. exactly. Like that's what they want. That's what they've come to. That's the pill they, they want to swallow to say, to, so to speak. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Yeah. I mean, uh, talk to me three years ago and it would have been completely different than, you know, talking to me mm-hmm. now, but, um, you know, I would have done it three years ago, but maybe now, cause my, my values have changed quite a bit ever since our infertility journey that I think I would almost say, then there's not much I can do for you because you're not following the protocol that, that I follow. Yeah. Um, but I can prescribe yeah. you, you know, sequa, or I can prescribe you restasis in a steroid, but I'm going to have to see you back more often than if we did all this, this natural route. So steroid, obviously every three weeks to check their pressure and it's going to cost you more in the long run than just eating natural food. You're going to get more energy from my protocol. You're going to get other aches and pains oh, gone. Of course. And it, it, I just, you know, you, you give them that reality check of, do you want to feel better like temporarily and maybe get some relief from these drops? Or do you want to actually heal your body from the inside out because your body wants to heal itself and following our protocol also in the rethinking dry eye treatment, I'm, I'm a Hashimoto's thyroiditis patient and I've had it since 1999. Mm. So I was in eighth grade when I was diagnosed mm. and I've dropped my antibodies from almost 350 to 400 all the way down to 100. And I think I will have them eliminated and eliminate my disease by June. Mm. That's my goal. Wow. Wow. And so it's just following this protocol. I took a food inflammatory test, eliminated all those allergens. Um, and that's what really helped start dropping it faster. Did you see any uh, outliers where they patients that were following your protocol really uh, religiously that still um, that still had issues that were significant? And if so, then what's your next step? What, what, yes. what, what would you do? So the, the two tough outliers are post-refractive surgery, LASIK, PRK, RK, all of those are very hard. So if when we go to enroll people in our dry eye bootcamp challenge, we usually have like a little questionnaire form or a little discussion with them beforehand. And we let them know that with LASIK, it's a little different. And so it's going to be a little harder. It's still a healthy lifestyle eight weeks, and you're going to learn how to live healthier and eat healthier, but it may not work for you. Is that and, because, sorry to, to jump yeah. in, is that because um, even though the corneal nerves regenerate after LASIK, it's, there's just something different about there's them? There's something your- different there, yeah. It's just something's, something is a little bit different, and I'm sure you've dealt with a lot of post-LASIK yeah. patients. And the second one is Accutane. Accutane is just one of those things that 
you know, it's completely destroyed their meibomian glands and regenerating those. There's not really any studies out there that show regeneration of meibomian glands. There's a couple, a couple that are small. Maybe yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. One right down the street from me right now, Dr. Epitropolis yeah. is, she's literally like a half mile away and oh, yeah. she's doing lipoflow and showing some signs of regeneration, but you know, it's too early to tell. And it's yeah. just like, is it really working? I don't know. Let's keep going and try this. And, I don't think our, I, I, so we, I do a ton of lipoflows in our practice and, um, and I don't, and I would do a ton of my biographies. I just don't know unless we have my biographers that can, that are as accurate as like our OCT measurements where we can overlap, you know, scan after scan after scan within microns. I'm not convinced that we're going to get a lot of elongation of those meibomian glands yep. with lipoflow or ductal dial or ductal probing or any of those sorts of things. And, and I could be convinced. I just don't, I just don't think our myobiographers are as repeatable enough to, to map that. Now, I don't know. Does she think that that's, that's different? That's actually what I've talked to a couple different like experts in this field. And that's what they're saying as well mm-hmm. is there's not enough accuracy in the measurement of the data to really be able to tell. Yeah. And so I hope there is hope with lipoflow and with maybe IPL to help regenerate these glands. But every time somebody asks me that question, I just say that I just point them back to that small trial, but we don't know enough yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, my this, opinion this whole too. thing is new. <laughs> well, it, it's, I mean, it's definitely interesting when you think about the, um, you know, the holistic nature of it. I, you know, just to share a little bit, you'll hear, you know, as, as you listen to the podcast, they, these episodes, as we're talking, haven't come out yet, but they will have by the time other people hear this is that, you know, uh, my approach as I've aged, you know, my forehead's gotten larger is, um, is that uh, stuff, I, I totally can feel that stuff impacts me more. And so in, in my, um, in my progression, I've uh, just kind of naturally come to most of the symptoms that I would have, you know, maybe I did have, I do have dry eye, I do have my bomian gland dysfunction. But for me, all the natural types of, of intake um, has really benefited my GI system mm-hmm. and my energy for sure. So um, I, I'm like you, I'm, I'm a marathon runner. Um, I, I run a ton. I work out a lot. Um, it's part of my daily routine and has been really since I was in my, I mean, really since I was forever, but like for sure when I made sure I was going to do it on a daily basis, you know, six days a week you know, I was in my late twenties and I wanted to make sure that I was going to continue to improve over my lifetime. But it really, for me, the last two years, what I noticed is that I couldn't, I mean, I could just gobble. I mean, Ben and Jerry's, you know, I get home because I, I, I was running 40, 50 miles a week. Yeah. So I could come home every single night and eat a pint of, ice, pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Right. That, and that was part of the reason I wanted to work out. Right. So I could do that. But, um, the, and I could just eat whatever I wanted to. And I wouldn't feel bad. I wouldn't gain weight. But then at some point over the last two years, that wasn't the case anymore. And so in eliminating all that stuff, I mean, I feel like, I feel like I'm 20 years old. Yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. Like my, my wife gives me a hard time about it, like about, about like my restrictions in terms of eating. But what I can't communicate with her well, I guess, is that like, I feel like I'm 20 years old. You know, my, I think, so, so I guess my point is, is that I love the idea of parlaying that into my clinical practice and trying to get my patients because let's be real. I mean, 
that is not just going to benefit their dry. It's going to benefit their risk for macular degeneration and glaucoma and diabetes, all those other things that we worry about. Yep. And if we can get over the hump of how do I, how do I effectively communicate this with my patients? And I, and I like to spend time with my patients. You know, I, I schedule them all for a half hour. So, but still a half hour is not enough. Mm, not even close. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they get hazy eyed and, you know, 10 minutes into your education. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because my wife doesn't give me a hard time because she's as strict as I am, but <laughs> she gives me a hard time about how she's never seen somebody so sensitive to food because mm. like I become this cranky monster mm. like around holiday time because I cheat and like I do like I eat what I usually wouldn't eat. And then like I'm afterwards, I'm just like, holy, like everybody gets a food coma after they eat something right. that sh doesn't agree with them. Yeah. My food coma like blasts me for like 20 hours. Really? And like I can sleep for 20 hours after like a Thanksgiving meal just because it hits me so hard. And so that's why I avoid that stuff now altogether. Like going out for ice cream doesn't, it doesn't, I don't want to do it because right. I know what I'll feel like afterwards. And yeah, it's crazy. It does get to that point. Um, you know, I've been, so I've been doing this for since July and, um, and mine is mainly um, just whole foods and low carbohydrates, low process, mm -hmm. you know, as minimal processed things as possible. Um, I did go on a kick of, of just adding extra animal fats. You know, I, was, I started out mainly keto. And then um, from there, because my cholesterol just skyrocketed, you know, which again, I, I think if there wasn't a lot of inflammation, if there wasn't a lot of other impetus for it, probably wouldn't have been huge, but you'll hear that on another podcast. <laughs> Uh, the, but the, the point I'm making is that, um, so I've, I've gone down that road and now I even, as much as I like ice cream, it's like a, it's like, okay, well, I like to drink, um, and Yeho tequila, but, and I like to have a glass of, of red wine or white wine. I like to have a couple glasses, especially if I'm hanging out with friends, mm -hmm. but like, I don't have more than a few because I don't want the ramifications of the next day. And the same thing now is applying to the food that I'm eating, right? It's like, oh, it's a special occasion. It's, it's Thanksgiving. Let's have dessert. But now it's like, I don't even want that because I know what's going to happen, you know, <laughs> later tonight or tomorrow, right? Just, just that ill feeling. It's I call it the two-day hangover. It's, um, you know, hangovers don't have to occur due to alcohol. I mean, you can have a two-day hangover from food. And if you splurge on ice cream one night, you might be dragging the next two days at work or just the next two days in general just because of that, that allergy. Yeah. But, the higher quality you go. So I like, if you looked at my food inflammatory tests, I am the definition of Who's the, doing those testing for that testing for you. KBMO. Is that, is that local? Is that? No, know? it's a, it's just a lab that it's online. And so, um, they have an MD that heads it and spearheads it. And, um, can you send you, me some links? Yeah, I can send can you, you some some links me, obviously your, your webpage and, um, yeah. But then also the links for some of this stuff too. I think that'd be really helpful. Yeah, definitely. I can do that. Um, but yeah, KBMO does um, the food inflammatory tests. And, you know, I had eggs, wheat, dairy, cow's milk. Hmm. Um, and the big one for us was actually uh, peas. So hmm. we ate vegetarian protein. Which is it because of made... lichens or, or uh, lectins? It could be. It could yeah. be. We don't really know. Um, but that was the biggest thing that when we eliminated that, I lost 15 pounds when we eliminated peas hmm. because of pea protein. But um, I usually avoided gluten, eggs, well, and all that. Are soybeans included in that pea? No, they're, they're tested for separate. Okay. So it's just okay. green peas. Hmm. 
but yeah, okay, soybeans I, should I, be healthy, healthy for you. Exactly. And, yeah. but I, I stay away from soybeans anyway, cause my thyroid. And so, yeah, I have a very strict, like I stay away from these, but I, I don't on occasion. So I like microbrews, um, very hard to stay away from those. So I go on fast. So like beginning of every year, I don't drink any alcohol and, or coffee for as long as I can. Hmm. So I go caffeine free and alcohol free for as long as I can. And last year I made it till May hmm. and we'll see what happens this year. I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> 10, 10 days, days in, in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I always feel better as a result. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you think, so let me ask you this, and this may be too personal. And if it is, you can just, we'll just edit it out of the podcast, but what do you think in terms of, of your wife's fertility and it was she on birth control for years? I mean, yep. she was. Yep. So birth control pill for years. I mean, I think everybody my age was on the birth control pill from like high school all the way up till, you know, they started trying to have kids when they're married. So it could yep. be anywhere from five to 15 years. And so I think that definitely had something to do with it. Um, is it the only thing? Maybe, maybe not. We just, we'll never know. It's, I mean, that's the crazy part is that, you know, I think about this. So we, so I don't know if you've done any looking up of me, but I've got eight kids. And for us, the- I, I did flood, not know you had yeah, eight kids. <laughs> the flood doors open. Um, they, they opened after the, first, after the first one. It's like, then we can't, we can't make it stop. But I think it was, it was largely the fact that, um, that it was just probably that two-year period where it was frustrating for us to have kids um, was probably the main, the main impetus for that was that it just some, for some people, you know, you, you've suppressed your hormones for so long that all of a sudden it's like, Oh, okay. Now we got to start regulating it the right way. And mm -hmm. it's just so challenging. And it's not something that we even think about. And yeah. so I think there's two things about that. I think that are interesting and it's not necessarily related to dry. Although I, I, I suspect that some of it probably is, is this idea that, uh, hormonal birth, birth control, um, if, if, if you or I, I mean, talk about sexist, if you or I had to take a pill that would modify our hormones every single day from the time that we're, let's say, 18, and the reality is probably more like 16 for, for most women, right? 13 in South Carolina. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> so from the time you're 13 years old to the time that you're, let's just be charitable and say 23. So for mm -hmm. tens full on years, I mean, that's insane. Do you think, do you think men would let that happen? Would I don't think we'd let it happen. And I think we'd be um, even crankier. Yeah. Oh than yeah. Women. Yeah. There'd be oh, more totally. rage. Think about it. Th th those, uh, those are the years of your college years and your high school years. Just think oh. about fluctuating hormones and men. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a lot of fights. Yeah. It's crazy. And yet, and yet it's become sort of that standard, like not even just like, I'm going to accept it and not even worry. And I wonder actually when, you know, I've got a 13 year old daughter and I wonder if it were the case that her doctor, which obviously we, we try to stay very involved. I mean, we, I mean, we do stay very involved <laughs> and we will continue to do that throughout and, and obviously kind of communicate our, our beliefs to her right throughout her young adulthood. Um, in the hope that she, she can make better decisions than maybe we, we did. But um, the, you know, I just would be shocked if at that period of time at a, as a 13 year old or a 16 year old or an 18 year old or a 23 year old, as the physician prescribing that medication, I guarantee there's no, 
okay, these are the potential side effects. You know, you come off of it and you're at higher risk for this type of cancer. You're at, you know, you're at, you're going to be a little harder to have, um, have a baby when you're ready to have a baby, all those sorts of things. What, what, do you recall that? Uh, does your wife recall that? Have you ever had that conversation? <laughs> we haven't, but I'm sure that they didn't do it. And it was more like, Hey, I want to be sexually active and I need to prevent it. Here you and go. Then, there you go. Out the yeah. door. It's the same thing. I mean, we bring it back to dry. Eye. It's the same thing that we, we all tend to do with dry. You've got dry here. Try some tears. See you later. If it's not work. Come back. Or if you're really proactive, come back. It's not working. Now we're on Restasis, Cydra, Sequa, yep. you know, Clarity C, what you name, whatever it is. Right. Yep. Um, okay. So then I've got, um, I had one last question for you because I want to be respectful of your time. Um, but it's escaping me. <laughs> it's escaping me. Oh yes, this is this is the question that I was going to ask you. So as a non-clinician now, so my my challenge is that uh, I love to see patients and I love to do all this other stuff that I get to do. Right? I love to to talk to doctors. I love to present continuing education. I love to help them kind of identify other areas in their practice that that could be improved. But at some point. You know, I'm thinking, all right, well, I'm, I may cut back to three days a week of, of clinical practice. And um, if I do that, like, what's the minimum that I can do to still understand what doctors are going through, right? Yeah. Like, so, so do you ever worry about that? Um, of course. You know, I think, I think the biggest fear that we all have is being exposed as a fraud. Like, mm. I, have my, I have my optometrist degree. I have my fellowship and I have two fellowships, but for some reason we all have this fear of like, what if somebody calls us out and that all comes from within, like, you know, that always comes from within. So um, I believe in what I'm doing with my whole heart and my values are very aligned with what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing now. I, I loved seeing patients. I don't know if I love seeing them. I loved helping them. Mm-hmm. And what I learned is that I could help more people with an online platform. And once our online platform started gaining more momentum than our practices were, our practices were doing really well, but our online momentum was, was really picking up ahead of steam. And my wife and I just kept asking, cause it was very hard to walk away. Like, what if we just walked away from seeing patients like, and went all in on this? Yeah. What would that look like? And you know, it scared us to death. And so the first thing we did is we sold one practice first. You, and you, so you put, dipped your toe in the water. Exactly. Your so, foot in the water. So we had a private practice and we had a commercial practice inside of Walmart. And we looked at all three businesses side by side and said, stress level, income level, stress level, income level, stress level, income level. And the private practice was the biggest stress with the lowest income. So obviously mm-hmm. we knew the one to get rid of. And so we sold the private practice and it's easier to sell anyway. And so we sold that right away. Um, it took us about six months to sell it. And, you know, we had somebody walk in and say, I want this practice. I'll give you cash now. And mm. we literally closed in five days. Wow. It was quite, it was the most amazing situation ever. Yeah. And she's still there. She's doing amazing things with it. And she, it's, it's like, it was like a perfect fit. Um, and then, you know, we did six, we did eight months of our Walmart lease and our Walmart lease came up for renewal. Um, and we would have probably stayed, but we had an office manager there that started there since we were there at the beginning and they fired her without letting Mm -hmm. us know she'd been there for 13 years. We'd only been there for three. 
And so they fired her without letting us know. And then they couldn't find a great manager to bring into that place. And the whole place kind of, it, it, we had to retrain somebody every two months. And so we sold that and went all in. And so I wear this, this is my no plan B bracelet. Hmm. It's, you know, you're all into what you're doing now. So to go back to what you're saying, I 100% believe in what I do. And I never lose touch of what the doctor's going through or the patient's going through, mainly because I have a lot of friends in the space. And I'll occasionally sub. <laughs> <laughs> so my uncle, here in Columbus, we were here for a year. And this is where it all started. I worked for my uncle for five years, actually 13 years, but five Who's years as an optometrist, Lamar Ziegler. Okay. And my cousin worked there too. So we had four Dr. Ziegler's there. Oh, wow. Not, not to be confusing at all. Yeah. Um, and I subbed for him once and that was enough to tell me, you know what, you need to go right back to the internet space. Um, because um, I didn't mind it. It was great to be back in my old stomping grounds, so to say. But three days a week, you'll be fine. I mean, even one day a week, you'd be fine. I do all my practicing on mission trips now. And right. so I get to see, you know, 2000 patients a year, just like most clinicians do, but it's all in three weeks. And so it's a very different modality, but the feelings aren't different. Right. The patients aren't different. And it's still, you're serving somebody else that needs your help. And it's dry eye related. It's cataract related. It's glasses related. So the, the process is different. Yes, but it's not different. And how we do it now makes me stay up with the research. It makes me interview people like you're interviewing me right now, but I interview people as well. And it makes me stay in that, that zone of how I can serve people better, mm -hmm. but also like, I just need to stay educated and, and we still get our hours every year. We still go to the, the Academy meeting every year. Um, and then we usually pick one or two other meetings to go to a year. Um, we still keep up with our CE. We still keep our license up. Mm -hmm. And so to answer your question, I mean, you can do it on one day a week or one day a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. You, so I, I did say that was going to be the last question, but let me, let me pick your brain one last question. Yeah. So do you, is your goal um, always direct consumer or do you have a market for uh, people utilizing your products in their offices? Yeah. So we focus on direct to consumer. Mm-hmm. And we do have a wholesale program for doctors. And that actually came as a result of about a year and a half ago, a doctor came to us and said, hey, can I wholesale your products? And I was like, um, I don't even know how to do that. Mm. Like, how do I create this website for wholesale? And it was easy. I yeah. mean, we just, we created the whole lineup again under wholesale. You have to have, it's password protected. So you have to sign a wholesale agreement with us. And the wholesale agreement simply, you will not sell online on Amazon, Walmart, or any of those spaces, but you can sell it on your own website and in your practice. And then um, you'll follow the MSRP. And so my goal with the MSRP is that we never undercut you as a practitioner. Um, and if we do, then you, I want you to let me know, but it helps control the costs like any MSRP will do. And we actually came out with a bottle of hydrate lid and lash cleanser, the hypochlorous acid specifically for clinicians, um, for practitioners, because it gives you the, uh, a higher profit margin than our smaller bottle or our bigger mm -hmm. bottle. And it allows you to compete with our online price and still make good margin, but we actually recommend you sell it for higher. Um, but yeah, we do have a whole wholesale side as well. Do you, um, so, um, okay. So then, then make sure that, I guess if in your links, yeah. do you want to tell people where they can, they can get it? Yeah. So that's the, the website. It's I love wholesale. And so instead of the letter I it's E Y E 
lovewholesale.com. And that will actually forward you to our website, but that's the main page that talks about all our products. And then if you want to, you sign a wholesale agreement. Once you sign that wholesale agreement, it then it, um, it tells my wholesale account manager that you signed and then she'll reach out to you and get you all set up, show you how to use it. Um, very simple. It's, it's a Shopify store. So that's what most e-commerce websites run on. So you're familiar with it. Yep. All you do is sign in with your account. It pops up all the wholesale products and then um, you can purchase from there. We even have a subscription program where you can save even more and you just get it auto shipped every month right to your door. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Travis Ziegler, appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me on.